Welcome to the Conscious Relationship Uncoupling and Parenting Summit. It's me, Lucia Gabriela, your host and producer. And today we have the honor to introduce you an incredible man and father. His name is John Bassey. But before we really welcome John into our summit, we're going to read you a little bit about him. John's journey towards a conscious life really started in 1988 at the age of 23, when he traveled to Australia and Asia. He embarked on a journey of self-discovery and healing to overcome using drugs to manage masking emotional difficulties after a challenging childhood. His initial journey was the beginning of many years of self-inquiry, meditation, healing, growth. After traveling overseas for a little over six years, John returned to the UK, age 33, to settle and continue his life and establish his mission and purpose. While in India, Thailand, Japan, and also back in the UK, John trained and explored and experienced many healing and self-development modalities. These include massage, meditation, Reiki, neo-enrichment, breath and body work color light therapy using autosoma and color puncture, herbal medicine, tantra, conscious kink, biokinetic, tai chi, and qigong and LLP. In recent years, he has worked increasingly on developing mature masculinity by working with the Mindkind Project and closely for three years with men psychologist Dr. Robert Moore. Since becoming a father in 2007, then a single co-parent five years later, John has worked increasingly on embodying mature masculinity. Since they separated, John co-parented his two children, 10 and 8, with his ex-wife, sharing their responsibility 50-50. They work together to hold respect, cooperation, honesty, and trust at the basis for providing a loving, safe, and well-held environment for the children to grow and flourish. It is my honor to introduce you to our summit. John, thank you for joining us today. Hey Lucia, thank you. Nice to be here. We are so del deliciously excited to learn more about you and the topic that you have for us. And before we really jump into it, we would like to learn from you. How do you start in this journey of um, conscious relationship, but mostly conscious parenting and co-parenting with uh, your ex-wife? Well, I think it really came about because I had, for the previous many years, uh, been doing so much work on my own growth and development and that really started like you referenced there in part by reading my bio um, because well when I was a young guy I felt like a mess quite honestly and I left the UK and over many years and doing and exploring many different kinds of healing modalities um, I began to grow and I began to recognize the value of growing and so by the time I met my now ex-wife and had children, I'd already had, you know, almost a couple of decades of, or certainly a decade and a half of working on myself, looking into my shadow, healing, being the best person I could. And so by the time my kids came around and several years after that, when my ex-wife and I decided to separate, then there was already an element of being able to look at the truth of the situation being able to acknowledge my own feelings, my own vulnerability. And so it was a natural way really of approaching the separation. And then the sub subsequent um, way that we co-parent them now. Beautiful. So our topic 
for today is about learn to consciously co-parent your kid with ease and grace in six weeks regardless of the quality you now have with your ex-partner. So many of our audience is really looking for this one, John, so we're so excited to learn from you today. So here we go. Welcome everybody. Thank you for coming into this presentation. I'm going to take you through some of the tenets um, of conscious co-parenting that I've uncovered and explored and embodied, I hope, over the past five years. And we're going to look at really how you can create a particular environment in the relationship that you have with your ex-partner that holds your children in a place of love and respect, where the communication is honest and true with your ex-partner, and that essentially you build a container for your children which just showers them with love. So we're going to start by asking the question, and I encourage you all to really take a moment to just take a breath, look into yourself and ask yourself the question, for those of you at least who are no longer with the you know, biological mother or father of your children and where you have a relationship with them of some description where you share the parenting of your children and that's all manner of models whether you do like I do share the parenting 50-50 or whether it's some other kind of configuration and I think you have to ask yourself what do you really want what do you really want in relation to co-parenting your kids I think so many of us so many of uh, so many of us so many of my friends uh, who are in this situation or who were in this situation, I know fall into um, a happenstance way of parenting with their exes and co-parenting. And it's never really thought out and it's never really brought to consciousness. And what I would like to do is, invi is to invite you to really think about what do you want in relation to co-parenting your kids? And particularly how you want to feel about how you co-parent. And what I would say is, we don't have the time right now to make the space for you to make notes, but I would encourage you to review the presentation and take some time with a pen and a notepad, take a breath, light a candle, and really ask yourself the question, how do you want to feel about how you co-parent? And I would encourage you also and invite you to write down the words that come to you. How do you want your children to feel? I mean, for me, you know, when we, well, I'll talk for myself, when we separated, it's a challenging time, isn't it? It's a challenging time for all of us. And it, it was a love for my kids that drove me to want to not make it difficult, not be vindictive, and really as much as I possibly could to, create an environment for my two children because ultimately even though their mother and I didn't want to be together any longer as romantic partners we both did want them to feel safe and we did want them to feel loved and we did want them to feel like even though their mother and father weren't going to be living together anymore that their world wasn't completely disintegrating so the invitation is to really think about how you want your children to feel and to make some notes for yourself. And it's not about 
instantly creating that. But I think the first step is really just knowing and acknowledging what you want for them. And thirdly, and perhaps the most challenging part is to really think about how you want your children's other parent, your ex-partner to feel in this. I mean, it's, it's very easy, isn't it, to dislike them, to hate on them, to make it difficult for them. But the ultimate result of that is that your kids will feel this stuff. And it's challenging to project goodwill onto your ex-partner. And there will be times, and hand on my heart, there are times when I can't do that. But on balance, what we want is to create a situation where you hold a space for your child or your children, which is loving, which is nurturing, which is as harmonious as it possibly can be. And I think we, you know, I acknowledge that life is sometimes challenging, relationships are, are sometimes challenging, and parenting is, we know, sometimes challenging. So it's not about, it's certainly not about creating perfection, because perfection doesn't exist in parenting as far as I can see. But it really is about consciously thinking and putting down onto paper how you want the people in this relationship your children, your ex, yourself, to feel about the new model that you're creating for family. Because I realized something earlier in the year when my family went through a particularly difficult time due to something unexpected, unforeseen, and out of our control, that even though it was difficult and it did affect the children, even though it was difficult, the children felt well held. And it was astounding to me. And I realized at that point that we had been doing something right. And, and so I invite you to do something similar, which is really just think about what you want for them. So then the next question becomes, how do we create a harmonious environment across the two homes? Because there's a difference between how things were and how things are and also there's a transition period now some of you will be listening to this and perhaps you are in the middle of separating some of you will be listening to this and maybe you're at the end of the journey and your children have left home your child has left home some of you will be at different stages to that but i think that putting conscious attention on what we want to create across the two and i'm assuming for most of you most of us it will be two separate homes that the children move between the question is how we want to because really you know when we were in love assuming we were with our ex-partners and we were in a unit and we brought a child or children into the world then it's different now you know i'll speak for myself i have a relationship with their mother we're kind of friends it's a it's a strange thing isn't it we're no longer romantic partners um i am pretty sure that if we didn't have children we certainly wouldn't be in touch as much as we are yet we've got common shared interest and i view this image of these two hearts overlapping as uh, a metaphor for you know the overlapping part being 
our children, represented by the love that we have for them and that we hold them together. And there's really a lot to be said for thinking about that. Um, I think another thing that's really just underrated is practicing maturity in the relationship with the other. Because look, it can be challenging, it can be difficult, it can be easy also, but when times are tough and you know, I need to take a, a breath, you know, preparing for this presentation to you all, uh, a few days ago, we had, a, we had an argument, we had a major argument. And I really had to come home and think, wow, I'm giving this presentation, I'm talking to other people about how to do this well, and here I am having just, you know, maybe I should have taken a few breaths before I picked up the phone call to have the conversation about the thing that we needed to sort out. And, you know, it did get sorted out. It took a day or a day and a half, and now we're back on a level, an even keel. And it took something to do that. You know, it took me not continuing to exacerbate the problem. It took me coming home, sitting down, looking at the view and thinking, okay, right, what can I do to make it work? And then we talked and we both, I mean, I will give uh, my ex-partner, whose name is Jess, as much credit or credit to, she did the same thing. And we, we come, we, we've developed a practice where we come to the table trying to make it work. And it wasn't always like that. And it has taken maturity on both sides. And the other thing is really seeing how we co- and, and, and any of you listening to this who are co-parenting, you will already know that how you manage it, how you make it work, it shapes the child or the children's family and it affects how they feel nurtured and held. So another issue that I wanted to bring to you to consider and think about was something that I'm calling psychological integration. It's not complete integration uh, psychologically, but it is related to one particular thing. And it was something that I started to think about once we began to parent separately. We separated five years ago. My daughter was five years old and my son was three years old. And, you know, the first few months was really just getting up to speed with this new configuration, dealing with the fact that we weren't together anymore. And I think we both had a lot on our plates. And a lot of what we do now was formed in that time. And one of the things that I realized after probably about six months or so was, wow, my kids now have two homes. They never see their mother and their father together, apart from when we're handing the kids over. And so I took this idea to uh, their mother and um, I suggested that every now and again, we should hang it, well, hang out, see each other with the children, whether that was her coming over for coffee sometime, come over for breakfast, going for a picnic in the park. And she was open to that idea. And we've done that. And the reason that I suggested that was not because I was desperate to hang out with her and um, not for any other reason that I just had some intuition that it would be psychologically good for the kids to have the view 
and the experience and the feeling that their mum and dad still talk to each other, that they could see their parents in the same place, being civil to each other, getting on with each other, coming together as what used to be the nuclear family unit. Now it had a different configuration, but there was still some integration for them. And actually over the years, um, over the years, I think it's really had an impact on them. They, I know that they are really solid. You know, we've still got life. We've all got life happening. We've all got things impacting us, me, their mom, and them. Um, but they're very solid in the way that they feel held. And I really do believe that a, a large part of that is not just that we get on well and we work hard to make it work, but also that we spend time in the same place together sometimes. And you know, that also brings other challenges because I've got a new partner, she's got a new partner, we've both had previous partners uh, since we separated. So there's a lot of navigating to be done um, and sometimes we need support for that. But the aim being that they get some kind of psychological view that their, their parents are connected in some way. And that came really partly, as I said, because of my experience, but partly also because of a couple of very close male friends that I've got whose parents separated when they were young and, and, and felt very split in their psyche because their parents never, ever hung out with each other. Okay, what makes it conscious? Well, basically, as I said to Lucia in the introduction uh, to her, it's, in my view, a lot about reflecting on ourselves, looking at what we've got inside and doing our work. If we're doing our work, we can bring our hearts and the best of us to all our relationships, not just with our ex-partners, our colleagues, our friends, our lovers. Um, and it really is about doing the work. I don't think, I don't think you can really have a conscious relationship or consciously co-parent if, or consciously parent if you're not developing yourself in some way, if you're not doing your work. And you know, doing your work is looking at your goals, celebrating yourself, finding community, finding your tribes, living your life as best you can. It doesn't mean being a bear or an elephant, but um, you know, being insightful, being resilient, developing introspection, being courageous, developing your wisdom, being thoughtful, being, being honest, all these things. One of the other points that I wanted to bring to you was this idea of acknowledging interdependence and also relating that to dependence and independence when co-parenting. So it's the idea that we're not, it's essentially the idea that we're not separate. Um, and some of you may be familiar with some of the ideas behind this, um, but where I'm thinking about it and what I think about it when I, uh, talk to myself about it and others is if I'm thinking badly about uh, my children's parent, we'll, we'll, we'll keep it about um, 
that relationship of co-parenting, but of course it applies everywhere. If I'm thinking badly or I've got something going on that I'm not articulating, or I think I can, I don't know, do, it's even hard to summon up what it's like to do this because I don't. You know, if I'm doing something which is, I know essentially at odds with how she would like me to be being with the kids or how she'd like me to be, to be uh, doing with them, then I know that it's going to create some kind of, you know, glitch in the matrix, some kind of ripple um, in the background of the relationship. And my suggestion is that we think about the new unit of the new shape of the family, you know, in this, in this situation over here where I'm, I'm in, I've got home. Um, my children's mother has a home, which is about, you know, 10 minutes away in a car. Um, the children share the time between us equally. We have it pretty timetabled. We're as flexible as we can be with it. Um, they go to school near both homes. And there's a structure, but it's not about that. It's not about the structure. It's really about how I think and I feel and I behave with those agreements that I have with my ex-partner. So, as I just mentioned, we have a, a timetable for when the kids are wherever they are, whichever house they're in. But we both try to be as accommodating as we can to the other person if I ring and say, hey, look, I've got this meeting on Thursday night. I'd really like to go to it. Could you have the kids for me? If I know that if she can help me out, she'll do that. And she knows that I'll do the same thing if I can. I think that it's important that boundaries are maintained. I think it's really important to develop um, a system. It's worked well for us and I suggest that um, you also, if you're in a co-parenting situation, take time with your ex-partner to sit down and work out what are the things you need to agree on. And then when you've got your structure and you've got your boundaries, you can be you can choose to be flexible around them or you can choose not. For example, I know that if I ask for something that their mother is under no obligation whatsoever to help me out or to, to, to change the agreement. She's not under an obligation to do it. And I recognize that. And if she can do it, as I said, she will do it for me. And I'm grateful for that, but there's no expectation. And because of that, because we've got these clear boundaries in place, then there's, there's no, there's no arguing. In fact, something came up recently, which was, and we've got a pretty tight set of agreements around pretty much everything you can think of, but something came up, which was like, oh, actually, we, we don't have an agreement around that, do we? And I thought one thing, she thought, sort of thought something else, and it was actually the source of this conflict that we had a few days ago that I, I mentioned a few minutes ago. And in fact, what we did was we threw some suggestions out, we both got a bit heated about it, and then we, we calmed down. We came back together again, you know, half a day later and had a conversation uh, a few messages later. And we kind of worked out, ah, okay, we need to put this structure in place to, to take care of that. And now we've done that. We think, okay, the container's sealed again. There was a little leak over there we didn't know about. Um, but the 
interdependence is really the soft, squishy emotionality that we can uh, embody in amongst all the structure that we put in place. And it's really something that I think is under thought about and under shared in relationships. Uh, it's something that I think is really important. Um, I think it generates a lot of commitment and trust in the relationship, brings collaboration to the fore. And I recommend that you take an approach, which is you put your structures in place, you practice maturity, and when you've got your structures in place, then you really think about, am I being kind? Am I, am I being supportive? Do I need to hold that structure, actually? I'm being asked to, to, I'm being asked to change the agreement. I don't really want to. Maybe I've got this thing I want to go to, and I'm going to go to that, and I'm going to say no. Or maybe, man, I've got this thing that maybe I want to go to, but actually, do you know what? I'm going to say yes, because I like a few brownie points in the bank. And that's really how I approach it and how I think my ex approaches it. And it works really well for us. So I encourage you very much to, to consider it, give it a go. So that's pretty much all I wanted to share with you today. There's a lot to say about the subject. Um, if you would like to speak to me or know more about what I do, uh, you can come uh, join our Facebook page. I do one-to-one uh, -one Skype consultations with individuals and couples. Um, I particularly welcome working with fathers. Um, and shortly, we're going to be setting up a closed uh, six-week group, a uh, number of closed six-week groups where people can come together as a bit more peer support. And we'd love to see you there. So come and say hello, either on the Facebook page, uh, drop me an email or a Skype message and I'd be happy to pick up a conversation with you and see how I can help. And thanks very much for coming today. Thank you, John, for such a beautiful and um, vulnerable presentation, sharing your story. So when you talk, in a part of your presentation, you talk about uh, maturity. How can we co-parent with a parent who is not emotionally mature? Good question. And I think the answer is by practicing maturity ourselves. Yes, it's not ideal, is it? We would, we would all love our ex-partners to be mature. We would all love them to be as mature as we are, right? And there are some of us um, who have ex-partners who don't fulfill our expectations or perhaps, you know, genuinely are acting in not such a great way and i agree that's less than optimal and i think also that you know it's sad and it's difficult and it's challenging and this and it can be hard for the kids as well as for us i think really we need to hold the space ourselves for maturity essentially nothing we can do to make our exes be like what we'd ideally like them to be but what i've seen and what i've coach people into and what I have experienced also is that by holding a space myself or by holding spaces ourselves we set the tone and the other person might not acknowledge us for that and they might not uh, thank us for that and they might still be you know triggered and reacting but 
it does have an effect. And I think we need to think and ask ourselves, what is, okay, what, what do I want here? What's my mature response? And, you know, we hold our boundaries. We're be, we can be flexible what we want. I'm, I, I'm not suggesting, and I counsel against, getting into manipulating to get what we want. I'm just talking about a mature vulnerability where I feel solid and this is the position, this is what I want, this is what I want for the kids, this is what I wish, and this is what I'm prepared to go to, and this is what I'm prepared, and I'm not going any more than this. Thank you. So following that, on the aspect of maturity, um, you were mentioning some aspect of the values uh, that you guys uh, bring into the conversation when you co-parent and you actually have these um, this way of coming together and and you know plan it right like um, kind of like organize it and plan it and and put together like how you guys gonna interact negotiate in some levels um, so in those part of negotiations or planning uh, sometimes takes a lot of responsibility you know, it takes a mature person to be responsible to face the consequences of it. And your experience are helping with many parents uh, that are dealing through this process of co-parenting. Uh, what, what do you see and what would you suggest when it comes to, yeah, we come to the table, we come to uh, organize and plan the whole year and negotiation with calendars, with school and with uh, holidays, whatever and even timing you know respecting each other time you know see how we can really co-parent in an easy and blissful way and in a situation something happened um, in, in the dynamic where one of the parents is not taking full responsibility for what happened and actually is blaming the other person you know um, and making the other person responsible not just responsible in 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 the physical way, but also responsive in an emotional way and the psychological way, all the levels that we can possibly uh, imagine. So I know that maturity and responsibility come together, and you may share the same answer at some level, but when it comes to how that parent who feels that, gosh, you know, like the comment, the usually comment I hear all the time is like, like why he's not taking responsibility for his actions? I am, you know, I'm mature. I'm doing it, and I honor that person. And you know, it's just bashing it over to me that, and it's just very painful for so many people. What would you be your insight on there? Okay, yes, it's difficult sometimes, isn't it? I think we need to acknowledge that the times when we're building the structure are some of the most tense times. So, you know, making the agreement, okay, how are we going to separate? Maybe you're a bit further down the line. How are we going to do the holidays? How are we going to do Christmas? Who's going to pick them up from this? How are we going to do that? Those are the most challenging times because it affects um, the part of us inside which is stable. You know, we've got our agreement, even if it's something that we've agreed inside and only we know about it and the other person doesn't yet. we still got it as part of our structure. And, and so when those structural beliefs, um, agreements we've made with ourselves, have to get put on the table 
and get rearranged, it's a vulnerable time for us. And it's difficult, you know, most of us, myself included, it's difficult to have those vulnerable conversations with someone that maybe you've had a difficult separation from, or that maybe there's still some animosity and anger there. And nonetheless, we still have to have it. So some of the, some of the answer is, yeah, okay, sometimes we just need to suck it up. Sometimes, I'm, you know, we need to hold the position that, you know what, they are just annoying the hell out of me and not doing what I think they should be doing. And, 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 and. And sometimes we just need to hold that close to our chests or hold it close and bring our maturity to the other things that need to be agreed. It's like a negotiation in a way, you know, and then let's find something where we can meet and where we can agree on. Because what we'll find is that when we find something easy, we can make an agreement on, it somehow soothes a part of our soul. It soothes a part of us. It tells us, okay, we can make progress with that person. We can feel validated. We can come to some agreement then maybe we'll enjoy a slightly better relationship around that small, quick, easy win that we've made, and then we can move on. But I mean, the answer is, you know, sometimes it's hard. And sometimes with practice, we can, by holding the space that we want, over time, bring about, you know, there's no reason why we cannot, with our exes, create really great, environments for the kids i'm not talking about being you you know i'm not talking about being your ex's best mate i'm talking about creating a structure which holds the child or the kids where they feel good and they feel solid and you know mom and dad are not hating on each other and yeah it's 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 not easy at times and it's those times of change and renegotiation that are always the most stressful. And once you've got some structure in place, then coast for a while. You know, if you've got a long list of things that need uh, agreeing and negotiating, chunk it down. Take the easy things first. Beautiful. Chunk it down. I love that. So what I think I'm hearing too is um, do not start a process of negotiation until we're really centered in a who we are, center in our values, center in our boundaries, center in our maturity, in our, in our, you know, feeling ground. And from that place, we can make the decision of negotiation that is in alignment with our well-being and the well-being of our children. That's absolutely right, yeah. And, you know, when you lose it, and you will lose it, then take some time out. You know, if it's getting, if it's, if it's gone off the rails and it's spinning out of control, you know, it's like a gyroscope. Don't give it more energy so that it just spins more and more out of control. Just have, you know, have some humility. Have a, you know, have the ability to say, look, this conversation is not working. Why don't we just sleep on it and talk again tomorrow? Because I guarantee you that giving yourself the space to do that and your ex-partner hearing you say that is going to be good for both. Yeah, so just keep your ground in this. And um, so from your experience, uh, this aspect of co-parenting also comes to some level of power exchange. So if you are the parent who is mature and grounded and 
and and not too much of the dominant but more like more safe like the one that holding the container for the environment in in your well-being and for the child and when you feel that the parent that is like it's just kind of like trying to take that power like that it's trying to just you know the energetic the energetic they're trying to get the energetic from you you will say more of like stay in your ground and stay in your power stay in your groundedness stay in like in that mature uh, whole self and nothing will nobody will push you around everywhere and and wrapping it up with what you said you talk about boundaries that will help you more to not feel the pull everywhere because that's one of the biggest complaints that we hear in co-parenting is that one of the parents always pulling in so many different directions <laughs> and and, and as long as you keep that consistency and that groundedness, <sighs> negotiation will be more blissful when you become aware when to do it, when it's the right time to do it. But you can only be pulled around if you're hanging on to the other end of the rope. The other thing is power exchange can be sexy, right? But <laughs> there ain't nothing sexy about negotiating with your ex. So there's a difference dynamic to that kind of relationship and I think you nailed it when you said it's really about being centered and being grounded and you know I choose my I choose when to play hardball extremely carefully and I really limit that I really limit that to things that are very very important to me and also what I've learned over the years is that even though it's hard to do to show some vulnerability, but without collapsing, is has paid a lot of dividends because I might say, look, I really want this. I really want to not be able to pick them up after this thing because I've got this thing, other thing going on there. Because over time, if you might, you know, my, our experience has been that we really support each other. You know, if my ex has got something that I know is going to make her happy. Because what I've realized is a happy ex means happy kids and a happy kids means a happy me. You know, an unhappy mum for them, whether it's something to do with the relationship with me or something to do with, you know, her work or something external to that. It, it stresses the dynamic that they've got going on there. And that means that I might have to pick up, even if it's very subtle and below the level of awareness, I might have to pick up a bit more of the emotional support and stability for the kids. So, yes, we can hold our ground, but don't, I mean, I, I'm not counseling anybody to like be aggressive in, it doesn't work. I mean, or limit to those really crucial things, but I don't think it's a good strategy. Yeah, and I love the point that you just made, like not being aggressive. There's a difference between being aggressive and being grounded and in your in your power, which is totally different dynamic of, of of acting because aggressive coming from reaction is an acting kind of like energy. So beautiful. Thank you, John, for such a powerful presentation. So how can we reach out to you again? Great, thank you, Lucia. Um, come visit us on our Facebook page, which is Facebook forward slash co-parent coaching. 
or drop me an email on consciouscoparenting at icloud.com. Thank you. So if you have your last word of wisdom, what would you like to share with our community today about co-parenting? Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure, certainly, to share some of our journey with you. Um, of course, I wish everybody who's co-parenting luck. I would like to see more community around it internationally. Um, it's hard. It's as hard as parenting and then some. And so, you know, if, you feel, if you're doing a good job, celebrate. Give yourself a pat on the back. Share your success stories with people. If you're having a challenging time, come get some support. Indeed, support is what really helps people. So thank you, John, again for joining us to this amazing summit. And thank you, our amazing community, for saying yes to the summit and following up with all of amazing speakers and the incredible wisdom and tips and, and goodies that have they have been sharing with you. So um, again, so we'll see you in our next episode at, at the Conscious Relationship and Covenant and Parenting Summit. So see you next time. Bye.